You are listening to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciple's journey with me. This week, we've been reading through the minor prophet books, Hosea, Joel, and Amos. And now we close out our week with our worship episode. How do we worship in the midst of these texts? Mm -hmm. And so for the worship episode, every week I've got my partner in crime, Brother Terrell Boger. Terrell, good to see you, brother. Good to see you. So we have been reading Hosea, Joel, and Amos. I mean, total, uh, I mean, just just, uh, massacre in some ways Mm -hmm. on the people of God in the minor prophets. I mean, God cries out at one point. He says, so I burned you with fire. Yep. I mean, your, your civilizations. Um, Amos, Amos calling out all these spiritual leaders. Uh, and and it's tough, man. It is. it is tough. Hosea told to go marry a prostitute. Mm-hmm. She leaves him. And Hosea, yet out of love, stays faithful and she repents. And um, yeah. so we see the judgment of God, but we also see joy mm-hmm. in, in his love for us. Um uh, what, what have you gotten from from these from these books? One of the main things I got is there's always repentance. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as you, we see throughout a lot in the New, in the Old Testament, you know, like you said, it's going to burn and, and all this just destruction. But God is never fully done. Mm-hmm. He's always like, but if you turn, yes, I yes. am the Lord your God. And it, it reminds me that you know, no matter how I mess up or the people around me can mess up, I can always show them there is redemption. There's always as long as there's breath in your lungs, there's always time to turn back. That's right. I like that word, and I think it's going to be a consistent word over the next two weeks as we continue with the Minor Prophets, but that word repentance. Mm -hmm. In fact, in Hosea chapter 10, verse 12, God says, So with a view to righteousness, reap in accordance with kindness, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. (laughs) And that idea of seeking the Lord in repentance. Yeah. I, I think that really is the key for Hosea, for Joel, for Amos. Uh, as we continue next week through the Minor Prophets, God is calling his people back. And, and uh, isn't that just love? Isn't yes. that just a, a the compassion of our God? Oh, yes. Because I think in a lot in our society, we, we say this a lot, that when we get done with people and then there's no turning back because you know we're human, but with God, I mean, there's never a done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think knowing the 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 mercy of God calling us to repentance. You know, a lot of songs mm-hmm. that many worship leaders sing don't call to repentance because they don't right. They they don't make you feel like you need to repent for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you you get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, where's the line on that? Where's the? How do you walk that? Well, uh, I was thinking how to say this kindly. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of songs um, that, I mean, they just want to make you feel good. Mm. And it's like, yeah, let's talk about Christ. Let's make people feel good. And then there's other songs that, yeah, you do need to feel good and, and joyful. But we're going to point you to something that's real. That sometimes it's going to be a little difficult. Sometimes you may need to be reminded that you're a sinful, wretched creature. I don't know where I've heard that phrase before. <laughs> but I, I think of sometimes we need worship songs that are like parents in the fact of they don't tell us what we want to hear. Yeah. They tell us what we need to hear. Mm. And um, I heard this phrase the other day. It said, I would rather tell you the truth and you'd be mad at me for a few days than tell you a lie and then you'd be mad at me forever. 
Mm. Sometimes we need the truth. The truth hurts, yeah. but the truth is what's best. What What would be some songs that you would say, you know what, I don't have any problem leading my congregation in that because it it, it speaks to repentance and our need for, for a Savior. I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah, one of my favorite songs, um, and it's probably the song I've done most in the five years I've been here, is Lord, I Need You. Oh, yeah. Love the bridge because it says, and teach my songs to rise to you when temptation comes my way. Mm. And it's just a reminder that when there's temptation in your life, the first thing you need to go to yeah. is, is Scripture, is the Word. And that's why it's important that our songs include the Word because if you're professing fluff, that's not going to get you very yeah. far. But if what you're professing, even if it's a song lyric, song lyric if it's rooted in Scripture, that's going to help out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think about even prone to wander, Lord, I feel oh, it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Mm-hmm. Or take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Uh, you know, one of the newer songs that uh, Keith and Christian Getty and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, his mercy is more. Yes. I, I think about that while our sins are great, mm-hmm. there are many, his mercy is, yeah. is, is more. And there's so many songs that you need to rem- remind the people that God is not, um, I'm thinking of the song, Friend of God, but he's more than that. Uh, when you're talking about songs, and it's an older song, but it's kind of been brought back and made a little bit new, is He Will Hold Me Fast. Mm. We need to be reminded of the eternity of God, yeah. the seriousness of God. And sometimes we need to have stuff in our lives exposed Oh yeah, so we can confess. Yeah, well, I, amen. Well, I, I'm thankful that as we read Hosea, Joel, and Amos, that, uh, that God does, uh, He's honest with them mm-hmm. through the prophets. He is honest, and He says, hey, this is why you're in captivity. This is why you've gone gone through that pain, and yet there is mercy. You will uh, you you will have an opportunity to come mm-hmm. back to me, but you've got to seek me. There's responsibility That's right. in that. That's right. It's not just a uh, one way. There there's two ways to it. And so yeah, his he is totally sovereign, but we mm-hmm. are responsible. Exactly. Um, so you've got a song for us today, yes. and and reminding us of the love of God. And- when you were talking about um, the songs we sing, and I was thinking, I was, this song doesn't mention God until like the very last part. But when you read through it and you listen to it, there is no other person that you're singing to but God through this. Yeah. The first verse, it talks about from his, from our darkness, we call his name. And then the next verse talks about the cross and how he bore our shame. Um, but it's a song called, How Great Is Your Love. If you know it, sing along. Uh, I wish I could hear y'all singing with us. From the darkness I called your name Into darkness your mercy came You called me out, lifted me up
gave your life for us and we are amazed yes we stand in awe for we have been changed by the power of the cross how great how great how great is your love how great how great how great is your love how great how great how great is your love for us in your sing that one Sunday coming up soon. It's such a great it song. Great and I didn't song. get to the bridge, but um, the bridge just simply says, there has never been, there will never be a God like you, a love so true. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for yeah. that. Well, as we close out our episode today, we want to look at a, hey, check this out moment. So what is your resource of the week, brother? Mine is uh, one, actually, it's a book you recommended years ago to me. It's called The Big Book of Bible Difficulties mm. by Norman Geisler and Thomas Howe. What I love is a lot of times you read the Bible and you're like, what? Mm-hmm. How, how do I reconcile that? What does that mean? And and you teach us all the time if there's something that you know needs to be reconciled, it's us that needs to change, not the Word of God. <laughs> and he'll... Uh, he'll you know, you know propose a question and give uh, the problem behind it and the solution. I'll give you one example when it says, um, "How could the world be created in six days?" Or, "What is the Bible? Why does the Bible use the plural us when God refers to Himself?" Yeah. And you know, we in this world we have a lot of people that question. So this is a good resource that you can point people to. And then, like uh, any good apologist will do, you don't take his word for it. He points you to the Scripture and right. shows you right from the Word of God what it means. Well, it is no secret that Norman Geisler is one of my favorite uh, theologians, one of my favorite apologists. He passed away back in 2017, mm-hmm. and, and uh, but I had I had the chance to talk with him on several occasions and, and just sit down with him and interview him several times. And uh, just my life and my ministry is affected uh, so much by his work. So great book. Thank you yes. for that. Uh, reading through the Minor Prophets this week and preparing for even the next couple of weeks really got me to uh, going back to a book. Uh, that uh, I read a few years ago, and it's simply called Prophetic 
Preaching, uh, a book that uh, has many contributors, men like Francis Chan, John Ortberg, uh, Timothy Keller, uh, the, the late, great Timothy Keller. Uh, Craig Brian Larson is the editor, and he kind of took some guys' thoughts on certain sermons and ways of preaching and, and entitled it Prophetic Preaching. And I want you to listen as I read sort of a synopsis of, of this book uh, or why this book was written. He writes, uh, We need honest, trustworthy doctors of the soul who will speak uncomfortable truths in our lives. I think of Hosea, Joel, <laughs> Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, all of them. Even after following Christ for many years, we still have hidden corners of disease, secret sins, spiritual immaturity, and unhealed wounds. This vital practice diagnoses the disease within us. Like a good doctor, prophetic preachers don't sugarcoat the truth. They don't ignore or minimize the painful verdict, and they'll declare what we need to hear, not necessarily what we want to hear. He goes on to say later on in the book, he says that prophetic preaching is made of four elements. First, a high view of Scripture mm-hmm. always begins with valuing the Word of God above anything else. Second, prophetic, prophetic preaching flows through a preacher's heart, that there is a holy discontentment and, and a compassion for his people. Third, prophetic preachers have a sense of urgency. That doesn't imply that they have to act like cranks and killjoys, but it means that Prophetic preachers know that during each sermon, human souls hang on a precipice between good and evil, God and idols, obedience and rebellion, heaven and hell. Finally, prophetic preaching brings hope to the listener. And so this is a book that has meant a lot to me as not only a preacher, but a student of preaching. I would encourage it to everyone. Prophetic Preaching, Craig Brian Larson is the editor of that. So uh, as we've read through the first three minor <laughs> prophets this week, we'll continue the next three weeks and uh, next two weeks and finish out the minor prophets. Any last words, brother? There has never been and never will be a God like you. Amen. So praise God for the opportunity we have to to glorify Him in all that we do. Hey, we love you. We're praying for you. Stakes in the ground.